Welcome, fans, to the latest episode of Culture Shock, a Miami Heat podcast brought to you by the Miami Sports Network. I'm your host, Danny, and in the past 48 hours, there's been quite a bit of NBA and Miami Heat action going on, and I'm here to break it all down for you guys today. First off, we're going to break down the Heat 76ers game from Tuesday. The overtime loss for Miami resulted in one of the greatest performances by the Heat so far in this early season, especially considering they were so undermanned. Then we're going to talk about the blockbuster James Harden trade and what the implications of that trade mean for the Miami Heat moving forward. Then we're going to talk about some potential trade targets. Obviously, with James Harden moving to the Brooklyn Nets, the Heat are going to need a little bit extra manpower going deeper into the season if they want to reclaim their throne as the Eastern Conference champions. And then we're going to give a quick preview on the Heat 76ers game that will be taking place tonight. After suspending the game against the Boston Celtics due to COVID-19 health and safety protocols, the Heat were back in action Tuesday against the Philadelphia 76ers. The Heat only had the league minimum eight available players to play the game, and they rolled out with a starting lineup of Gabe Vincent, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Kelly Olynyk, and Precious Achua with Max Strews, Chris Silva, and Andre Iguodala coming off the bench. The 76ers were near full force uh, going into the game with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons still active, but they were missing a few key players in Shake Milton and Tobias Harris. And after watching the game, you look up and down the stat sheet, and the Heat played an absolutely incredible game considering the circumstances. I mean, five of their eight players finish in double-digit scoring, and obviously when a team is undermanned, when a lot of their primary scores are down with an injury or well, now COVID protocol, there are going to be a few guys that inflate the stat sheet a little more than usual, but the fact that five of their eight players scored in double digits just shows how effective the Heat are in spreading the, the, the scoring wealth. And we saw great performances all around. Tyler Hero set a career high in points during a regular season game with 34. Duncan Robinson tallied 26 points, most of them from three as usual. And Precious Achua in the heaviest workload that he's ever had to endure throughout the season. Obviously with Bam Adebayo out, he's going to see a lot more minutes. He tallied his first career double-double with 17 points and 13 boards. And an unlikely hero for Miami, Gabe Vincent scored a career-high 24 points in just his second game for the Heat this season. And things were looking pretty good for Miami through the first half. They, The first quarter, they were down, I think, by 11 at some point. At worst, it was around 11. And then in the second half, they were leading. Um, going into halftime, they were leading by eight. It was like 65 sorry, 63 to 55 or something like that. And they were looking really, really good. They kept Joel Embiid to, to 10 points through the half. Ben Simmons was getting into foul trouble. Um, the only bad thing really was that Danny Green was just making every single three um, that he attempted. And he eventually ended up hitting a career high nine threes um, on the game. So going into the half, things were looking really good, but between the, the first half and the second half, during that halftime locker room discussion between Joel Embiid and Duck Rivers, something clicked for Embiid. I don't know what went on, but as soon as the third quarter began, Joel Embiid had complete control, not just of the 76ers, but of the Heat. He just abs he went absolutely crazy. He went eight of eight from the field in that quarter alone. At one point, he was even outscoring the Heat entirely. I think he ended up finishing with 20 points on the quarter, and... Long story short, he completely dominated the Heat and the game in that one. Uh, he was 13 of 13 from the free throw line, and he put Philadelphia on his back and put Miami in the back seat. He just completely took over that game. And the, he were actually, they actually managed to get Ben Simmons fouled out. Ben Simmons didn't score at a, much at all. 
he dished out a lot of assists, but the primary scorer was uh, obviously Joel Embiid and Danny Green, who set his career high in threes, um, which was previously eight. And things were still looking good for the Heat. They were making a ton of shots, probably more effectively than any other game that they've played this season. But Joel Embiid was just absolutely dominant. And what he did was expose a weakness that the Miami Heat have, even when they're at full strength. And they don't have a lot of good – and that weakness is that they don't have a lot of good big men. Um, obviously, with Bam Adebayo gone, that's even more of a weakness. But he was making and ones He was getting a lot of contact. And he was just making every single shot on command whenever he wanted to. And he was just in complete command of the game. Um, so going into late in the fourth quarter, the Heat were up by five with about 30 seconds left on the clock. The 76ers managed to, to score and bring the game within one possession. And then it was Heat ball, a turnover by Tyler Hero. The ball was poked away from him. Um, he was trying to get fouled, but the ball was poked away from him. And the 76ers ultimately steeled it, resulted in... Joel Embiid ultimately carrying the ball. Uh, sorry, he, he gained possession of the ball, and then he had a carry. And I don't know how the, the referees didn't see that because it was it was so obvious. Like, he pretty much – I don't remember what the defender was for Miami, but he pretty much carried the ball over his head. And that, that, that turnover, that potential turnover, could have given the Miami Heat back the ball. And they – if assuming they held control of it, that would have ended the game right there. But, of course, as the, since the game went into overtime, the 76ers did ultimately score. And a back-and-forth um, back battle between the 76ers and the Heat uh, in overtime ultimately resulted in a one-possession, three-point victory for Philadelphia. As if that action wasn't crazy enough, less than 12 hours later, it seems, well, actually a little less than 24 hours, the James Harden blockbuster trade went through. And... Everybody knew this was going to happen at some point. Everybody's heard the stories of James Harden going to strip clubs, James Harden disrespecting his teammates, not showing up to practice, looking out of shape. But nobody thought that this, like something so momentous would happen, especially considering the Brooklyn Nets are like so deep and so talented. I mean, before, before James Harden, they were one of the, they were definitely the clear favorites to win the East. But they were one of the favorites to win the championship, too, because they had guys like Kyrie. Well, first, you have your big two, right? You have, you have Kyrie Irving and you have Kevin Durant. But then you support that with Dinwiddie, who is obviously now injured. Um, but then you had Karis LeVert. You had, you had Jared Allen. DeAndre Jordan is an accomplished veteran. So they were one of the favorites to come out of the East. And then they come out with this momentous move that completely shifts the balance of power from the Western Conference to the Eastern Conference. Not to say that top to bottom, the West is better than the East, but little by little, you're seeing all of these stars from the West move to the East and the, the competitive level, the competitive balance between the two conferences is really starting to even out. And James Harden gets traded in a four team deal that involved the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Indiana Pacers, the Houston Rockets and the Brooklyn Nets. And that deal saw Karis LeVert move to Indiana. Jared Allen is now in Cleveland and Victor Oladipo is now in Houston. So what does this mean for the Heat? Well, obviously, they've been struggling. Um, they're four and five. We can put a little asterisk next to the loss on Tuesday when they were completely undermanned. But regardless, they're still four and five. And they've been in search for 
like some other star. They, they, they've been needing some other star, especially with Jay Crowder gone, as we've talked about, as we talked about in our previous podcast, Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder was a huge part of the team last, uh, last season, especially during the playoff run. So the Heat are in, need of, are in need of another star moving forward. And with James Harden off the market, and now we saw the haul that he brought in, now we kind of have a picture of what the haul for Bradley Beal is going to look like. And Bradley Beal has been a name that's been attached to Miami Heat trade rumors for, what is it, months now? Um, he's He's been very much endorsed by Bam Adebayo. Uh, Bam Adebayo wore his jersey during the during the All-Star um, during the All-Star festivities last season, he has a good connection with Dwayne Wade. Like a lot of Heat players have a really good connection with Bradley Beal. But now we've seen what the type of haul a shooting guard of that caliber would require. And it's tough to believe that the Heat can offer something like that, considering how attached they are to guys like Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. I mean, they've pretty much said that Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero in most trade discussions are untouchables. Uh, Kendrick Nunn has appeared in most of those conversations, but Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson have pretty much been like an absolute no. Uh, and Pat Riley has been really adamant about running it back with the same crew. I mean, obviously, you don't have Derek Jones Jr., you don't have Jay Crowder, but they have pretty much the same exact core that they had last year when they made the finals. The only difference now is that the East is so much more reinforced than before. And especially with James Harden moving uh, to Brooklyn and KD is now healthy with Brooklyn and Kyrie is now healthy with Brooklyn. They're going to be a real significant threat in, in the East moving forward. And assuming the drama with Kyrie Irving uh, settles down a bit, they're going to be a force and they, really project like they will make it out of the Eastern Conference. So what does this mean for the Heat moving forward? Bradley Beal, that the haul that he would likely require is not something I would imagine uh, the Heat are willing to offer. And another name that's been really attached to the Heat in trade discussions is Victor Oladipo. He's expressed his sentiment to want to come to Miami, but the Indiana Pacers and the Heat never reached a deal. And he, now he was just traded to the Rockets and he's not happy there either. He would ideally would want to be traded to Miami from Houston. Um, the only problem is that since he was just traded, he can't get traded unless it's a one for one deal until 60 days pass uh, from his initial trade. Like a, a player cannot be traded back to back like that. So we would expect, assuming we want Oladipo and we end up going through with that trade um, proposition, we would have to wait until around March for that deal to fall through and, or sorry, not to fall through, but to go into effect. And I don't know if the Heat are willing to wait that long for a player that is not like, he, he is an all-star, but he's not all NBA. You know, Bradley Beal is all NBA. And another thing about Bradley, I'm sorry, about um, Victor Oladipo is that, if we trade for him, we're just like adding more strength to a strength of ours. Like we the Heat probably have the most talented group of guards or one of the most talented group of guards on their roster in the NBA. If you want to count Jimmy Butler as a guard because he can play shooting guard, he's a wing, that, that, then definitely the Heat have one of the best guard combinations with Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, um, Jimmy Butler. And then you add Goran Dragic, then you add Avery Bradley. So when you take all of those names into account and then you have to swap some of them out for Victor Oladipo, 
who has injury history and is about an all he's he's at best an all-star um caliber player not an all nba type of player that i think that would improve the heat's record that might help them in their eastern conference ambitions but that's not going to really get them out of the east i'm sorry like that's not going to get them out of the um, that, that could get them out of the East, but it's not going to get them through the finals, especially since, like, as we saw last playoffs, the Heat's biggest weakness is big men. And that's something that I think the Heat really have to improve moving forward because, I mean, you look at our guards, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Avery Bradley, Goran Dragic, three of those guys can be all-stars or have been all-stars in the case of Goran Dragic. Um, we look at our big men, it's like, I mean, and you, you can see it by the, the rotations that Eric Spolster has put out this season. We've cycled between Myers Leonard. We've cycled between uh, Mo Harkless, who has barely played since opening night. Of We've used Kelly Olenek, uh, Andre Iguodala at the four. And like the only mainstay as far as big men has been uh, Bam Adebayo. And Precious Achua is obviously, he's a rookie. So he hasn't been getting a lot of playtime so far and he might project to be a great player in the future. And he looks really good so far, but considering the other options that we have at the four, Kelly Olenek, Myers Leonard, Andre Godala, and Mo Harkless, that should be what we need to improve. Other than that, I think the team is absolutely untouchable. Everybody else looks phenomenal, especially Tyler here. I mean, there have been complaints about how he's not that great of a playmaker just yet, but we also got to remember this is a guy that was primarily coming off of the bench last season. He's not a true point guard. He's mainly played shooting guard and small forward. And he's given a lot more responsibility this year because Goran Dragic is going to retire soon. And when he retires, we want the Heat ideally want to have Tyler Hero ready to take that next step, to, to make that leap and to become the all-star caliber uh, player that he's capable of being. So, if we trade for Oladipo, I mean, one thing is an all-NBA guard um, like Bradley Beal. But if we're trading for like an all-star um, caliber player like Victor Oladipo, and then we have to sacrifice a lot for him, I don't think that's a good long-term solution. I don't think it would do enough to get us out of the East. Uh, I think the biggest issue with the team is rebounding and big men defense and Oladipo would not necessarily solve that. The, the good thing with Bradley Beal is that he can go for 40, 50 on any given night. And Oladipo has, has a good ceiling, but he's not Bradley Beal. You know, like James Harden is the number one shooting guard in the league and Bradley Beal is right below him. So you look at those two options and yes, Bradley Beal would be absolutely spectacular for this team especially the, like, the way that they play, uh, that the way that he would play alongside Jimmy Butler and, um, and Bam Adebayo would be absolutely spectacular. But unless we can do a one-for-one, one, which is incredibly unlikely considering how good Oladipo is, um, I, I would ideally not want to trade for Oladipo and instead favor a trade that would reel in a big man uh, to Miami. And it doesn't even need to be um, a guy that plays the four. It can be, just be a center. Because Bam Adebayo is skilled enough to play the four. I mean, this is a guy that's incredibly athletic. He's shooting 65% from the field this season, and he's developed an incredible mid-range. And he's also shooting 80% from the charity stripe. So 
he's already in the discussion as one of the best big men, uh, probably top five in the league. And if he can develop a three, he's going to be in the conversation with Nikola Jokic and Anthony Davis as the top big man in the league. I mean, obviously he doesn't have the size that Anthony Davis has, but the athleticism, his, um, his physicality, his ability to, to shoot the free throw incredibly well, like he's, he's going to be in that conversation for a long time, especially if he develops that three. So he's skilled enough to play the four. So really we just need someone that can play the four or the five, ideally somebody that can play the five that's a little taller than Bam. Um, Cause in the NBA finals, what was exposed to us last off uh, Saturday, last playoffs was that we had no answer for Anthony Davis. We had no answer for all of these big guys that the Lakers had to offer um, on Miami's defense. And we ju- we were just, completely overmatched by them. So considering those things, a, a deal for Bradley Beal and would be incredible, but we'd probably have to sacrifice too much. And Victor Oladipo wouldn't satisfy the needs enough that the Miami Heat need. And with that, we're going to go into a quick commercial break and hear from our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. In addition to being free, Anchor has several tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so that it can be heard on multiple platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Through Anchor, you can also monetize your podcast with no minimum required listenership. Anchor has everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm today to get started. Welcome back, fans, to Culture Shock, a Miami Heat podcast brought to you by the Miami Sports Network. So now that we talked about what the James Harden trade means for the Heat moving forward, it obviously means that the Heat have something to upgrade. We talked about a couple of those options in Bradley Beal and Victor Oladipo that have been the two names attached to Miami Heat rumors the most in the previous months. But now let's look at some actual targets that the Heat should look for moving forward. We already talked about how... The big, the, the big men force is what we need to upgrade the most. We need to upgrade our rebounding. We need um, better defense. I mean, Kelly Olenek is a prolific three-point shooter and a great scorer, but he's not as athletic as you would like a guy at the four to be. Um, Bam is that. So you would ideally like to see an upgrade at center. And if we can have Kelly Olenek coming off the bench as the second man up from the four or five, that would be incredible for Miami's depth. So... Looking forward, I think the Heat should really consider making a, um, a run for guys like LaMarcus Aldridge or DeMar DeRozan. Uh, definitely the Spurs organization for one reason. The Spurs are a rebuilding team. Um, I th- they're, they're not making they, – like they just ended the run for the most consecutive playoff appearances – or for, for their playoff appearances. They had made the playoffs for 20 years, and that run is coming to an end or it has come to an end and it's still a well-run organization. Don't get me wrong, but they are in the rebuilding phase and you can see it by the people that they have. They've got Lonnie Walker. They've got Derek white. They've got uh, DeJounte Murray. They've got a lot of good young guys there. They are, they have obviously the vets in Patty Mills and, um, and Rudy Gay, but they're going to be in the rebuilding phase. And you can see, you can tell that because they have, aging vets that are not in their primes anymore. And, but then they also reinforce those guys with a lot of young talent. 
So if we target the, the San Antonio Spurs, DeMar DeRozan, he does have a big contract, but the, the Spurs are likely to trade these guys considering the fact that they're re- rebuilding. They're probably not going to demand as much as the Wizards were, would, for example, for Bradley Beal, just because they're in the rebuilding phase and the Wizards are set on contending. They got Russell Westbrook. They got a good core of Thomas Bryant, who unfortunately is out for, an AC, uh, out for the season with an ACL tear. But they've got Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, so they're looking to contend. But the, the San Antonio Spurs, especially in the Western Conference, don't look like they'll be contending um, in the immediate future. So that, put, that puts guys like DeMar DeRozan and Lover Marcus Aldridge on the trade block. And they both have pretty big salaries. I think um, they're, mo- they're making $26 million and $24 million, um, individually. But DeMar DeRozan is big enough that he can play the four. Um, and he's an incredible scorer. So imagine having your forwards be Jimmy Butler, uh, Bam Adebayo, and then uh, DeMar DeRozan at the four. You, guys, you have guys right there that can score 20 a night easily. And then you reinforce that with Duncan Robinson, who's a prolific three-point shooter, and Tyler Hero, who can score 20 a night as well. So DeMar DeRozan is a good target um, for the Heat, as well as LaMarcus Aldridge, who is on the final year of his two-year contract with the San Antonio Spurs. And he has less upside than DeRozan, I would say. He obviously has a very accomplished career, but he's still a pretty good big man. And he can play the five, which is another thing that DeRozan cannot do. So if, if we were to get LaMarcus Aldridge, we can have him playing the five and we can put uh, Bam at the four. And in doing that, you have a guy that can still score pretty well, uh, a very talented rebounder. And we can trade those guys who are aging vets that are losing their trade value um, and get rid of some of the hefty contracts, you can say, that the Heat have that they would ideally like to get rid of. Myers Leonard is on a $9 million contract this year with the Heat, and Andre Iguodala is making $15 million this year. Those two together package that deal with Kendrick Nunn and a pick or a couple of picks, and I think it's very viable that the San Antonio Spurs would be willing to make that trade because once again, they're rebuilding and they're looking for young talent and Kendrick Nunn, like he hasn't been playing a lot this season, especially now that he's out with COVID-19 protocol. But after he got COVID-19 last season uh, for the, for the last few games of the regular season and going into the playoffs, Kendrick Nunn, I mean, he was, he finished like, all, he was on the all-NBA rookie team, you know? He was a, a runner-up candidate for rookie of the year. He was up there, you know? And the fact that he hasn't played a lot is definitely detrimental to his trade value. And you would ideally, like, if the Heat are, are willing to shop him, you'd ideally like to see, see the Heat giving him more playtime. But what he was able to do last season, and especially in, like, the first five games – um, like scoring the most points of any undrafted rookie ever um, in a short few game stretch, like that can't be undermined. And I, teams, I think will remember that. And they're going to attribute the, I guess the silence around Kendrick Nunn um, in the past few months more to the Miami Heat, not necessarily playing him and favoring Tyler Hero over him as opposed to Kendrick Nunn inherently playing bad. So if you get Kendrick Nunn, you get Andre Iguodala, who 
is a less talented veteran than LaMarcus Aldridge, but he still offers that veteran experience. You package Andre Odala and Myers Leonard, who wants to see more playtime, and he might get more playtime with a rebuilding team like the San Antonio Spurs. You get all, sorry, you get uh, Myers Leonard and Iguodala, and then you package that with Kendrick Nunn and a couple draft picks. I think that he'd have a good shot of getting a guy like DeRozan or Aldridge. Uh, obviously not both, um, but definitely one or the other, and they would both, either one would be an incredible help to this team moving forward to fill in that void that the, cur- the Heat currently have at the four. And another like dark horse candidate that he might go for, it's a little more unlikely, is Blake Griffin. He's making more than DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge in what was a horrible contract for, for not for him, obviously, because he's making bank, but for him to have been given. Blake Griffin, he has a good ceiling, but he hasn't really been playing to that ceiling so much, especially with Detroit. So that would be like a dark horse, you know, last resort type of candidate. He, I, I would say he's a, be, he's, he's a good replacement if you're going to replace – if you're looking to replace Jay Crowder on the roster, he is a good replacement for that, um, considering how good he is capable of playing, especially since he's developed a three in recent years. But the only problem with him would be you'd probably have to include more players in that deal just because, his, um, just because he's making so much more money than Aldridge and DeRozan. So that would complicate things a little more. But I think LaMarcus, LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan should definitely be targets for the Heat moving forward. And that can really fill their void that they have at the four. Now enough about the future. Let's talk about the present day. Today, the Miami Heat will be taking the court at 7 p.m. with a once again depleted roster to take on the Philadelphia 76ers at the Wells Fargo Center in Philly. Miami is going to roll out with the same exact squad of eight as Philadelphia looks to be reinforced tonight with Shake Milton and Tobias Harris returning to action. Hopefully, Fro Gabe Vincent goes off for 50 tonight and leads Miami to a win. Thank you guys all for tuning into this episode of Culture Shock, and I'll catch you all next time.